Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, dear listener. Welcome to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. This is not the beginning of the episode. The episode proper starts in just a bit, but it is our patron roundtable chat of the month. And uh, the conversation was just so free-flowing and so organic, organic that there wasn't really a place to uh, to stop it and and to and to insert a middle of the show. So essentially, the middle of the show this week becomes the the prologue of the show. But I won't take too much of your time. I just wanted to talk about a couple of things. The first of which being JammerCon. It is the online all day. A spell jammer event that's taking place on August 20th. It'll include an uh, entire day's worth of games uh, from the old AD&D rule set to the recently, or, you know, at that point, recently released fifth edition rule set, uh, prize giveaways, discussion panels, a whole lot more. It's being put together by the uh, some of the folks behind GaryCon, uh, Greyhawk Reborn, uh, and essentially, these are all fans of the Spelljammer campaign setting getting together to celebrate to celebrate Spelljammer, to celebrate its its uniqueness in D&D lore, its quirkiness. And we're going to have a lot of Spelljammer material here in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun, uh, a lot of fun to learn about some stuff, uh, some stuff that sometimes gets overlooked in, in D&D history. But yeah, there is a link to the to the event. Uh, to the events page on Warhorn in the show notes. Uh, from there, you can also sign up uh, to be a GM. Uh, eventually, you'll be able to sign up to play the games. And there's also a link to the Discord if you want to uh, chat with anyone who is uh, thinking about participating or is uh, confirmed to participate. Uh, additionally, the speaking of Spelljammer, the third part of the Spelljammer uh, series, um, Spelljammer Academy is uh, just been released on D&D Beyond. Of course, if you've already uh, claimed the first part, then the second, third, and subsequently fourth parts will be added to your D&D Beyond account automatically. But if you have not, go ahead and get it before. I don't know if it's if it's finite. I don't know if they're ever going to take it off, but definitely check it out and get yourself a taste of you know what's to come next month with Spelljammer. Um, well, yeah. That being said, enjoy the rest of the show. See you next week. Robots Radio presents. You're listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore 
of Dungeons and Dragons. Hello and welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio. I will be your lore master for the evening. And you have stumbled upon the multiverse famous patron roundtable for the Lorecast. We are joined by none other than Coffee Bean, Darkween, and Bjorn Ironside, and a special guest, an old friend, a DM, a, a, a dungeon master with the mostest, a cyberpunk red choom, none other than the almighty crit himself, Aaron. Woo! That's me! I'm back! Welcome to the Fumbling for. Wait, what? Where am I? <laughs> The, the rock show, rock show. Uh, uh, which one? Uh, <laughs> well, when uh, you know, I, I we reach out to the to the patrons every month and try to come up with fun ideas to what to talk about, you know, for for our month for our monthly show. And uh, somebody broached the idea, like, why why not favorite NPCs? You know, favorite non playable characters, either official or uh, or homebrew, and Dark Wings, like. You, you got to get crit on the show because I have I have some theories on Charlie transmutation and I need to get the I need to get this straight. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Charlie transmutation is one of the characters voiced by crit in the fumbling for the almighty crit live play uh, podcast. They're currently in their second season. The first season, which I don't I want to I don't want to brag. I was a part of I was a I was a very crucial part of my character. Uh, Jimmy really rad uh, took took them all through the homebrew campaign setting of Alteris and had laughs and intrigue and battle and and death and awesome. sacrifice. Uh, it was I mean it's exactly what you would hope for a D and D campaign. It was it was fantastic. But uh, I'm gonna let Darkwing. I'm sure he's like chomping at the bit <laughs> to get uh, to get these questions asked. I'm gonna let him go first. Darkwing, let's let's hear let's hear about your favorite NPCs. All right, fantastic. Okay, uh, first, uh, Jimmy really rad probably should have gained some levels from that bag. That's a spoiler alert for anybody <laughs> who hasn't listened. I mean, not a big one, but like literally, probably should have got some levels. I don't know for sure. I'm not the DM, uh, but uh, it, to start off, I mean, like before, I just uh, interrogate poor Aaron on where he was February. 31st of 2035 uh i do have some like regular uh you know npcs that maybe people have actually heard of right off the bat uh like bigger like triple a games uh and triple a books like i'm I'm quite large into uh all right salvatore's worlds uh i enjoy what he does in forgotten realms quite a bit and my favorite NPCs that I like to throw into just small things that I do. I enjoy Pickle Boulder Shoulder from the Clerical Quintet. Uh, he does find his way into dress novels for guys that actually are in the know. I, you know, I'm with a bunch of other nerds, so hopefully you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, I, I enjoy Pickle Boulder Shoulder and his brother Ivan because as a team, those two can work. Uh, as great NPCs because Pickle doesn't actually speak very well. I mean, you can just kind of ramble on in just a nonsensical language and keep your 
players guessing, so they actually have to work their way through stuff, but gives you access to all of these other legendary clerics and warriors and rangers that you can throw into your game without it seeing like you're trying to shoehorn them in. Uh, that That's where my, like, if we're going to go with, like, the giant setting of uh, D&D that's available from Wizards of the Coast, those are my guys. Uh, lately, I think the most interesting NPC uh, would be Quincy the Bartender, if you guys see any of those TikTok videos. A friend of mine just brought him to my attention. He is uh, every bartender for every small tavern I have ever played in. And he's brought it to life, and I appreciate him. And I hope you guys have seen him, Listen to him. If not, please check out Quincy's Tavern. Uh, he's awesome. Now, let's get to what I'm really here for. <laughs> all right. And uh, <clears throat> first of all, I have this fucking, I, I just got it figured. Charlie's a god, old god. We'll call Elder God. We're not talking Cthulhu here. He Jumping is. straight to the point. Like, look, but I, I know this. Like, he is a deity. This is fact. <laughs> fact. Fact. Don't, don't argue. This is my world. <laughs> uh, uh, and, you know, and I don't mean like Cthulhu, but like uh, maybe a god from Warehouse 13. Uh, and here's where I'm going to break it down real quick. But what I need to know is what is his age? Versus his perceived age. Uh, I'm going to need some stats. Uh, what's his home plane? What plane is he from originally? Is the transmutation a natural ability? Did he learn that ability? If he did learn that ability, where did it come from? And now I haven't listened to season two, so there's a chance you've answered any of these questions. I just don't know it. But I know Charlie Transmutation showing up in my winter run of fifth edition. Uh, you, you know, I didn't get any permission for any of that, but like, he's showing up. He's showing. Uh, so I need to know things like this. As Charlie has turned into some of my favorite PSAs in the world. I mean, I'm a dog guy, but uh, you know, when, when you start off with spaying new to your dogs because they're dogs, and I'm a cat and I'm an ass, that just I right immediately. I was like, all right, I'll listen to this whole thing. <laughs> So, uh, all right, we're going to answer these in order. So, number one, uh, Charlie, uh, we can actually answer three of these questions in one. So, Charlie was originally a transmutation bag that the party who originally had him about a thousand in-game years ago decided they were going to stuff living people in. Okay. So... Because he's a transmutation bag, anything that's stuffed into him gets broken down to its most basic elements, <clears throat> which arose the question of what do you do with a soul? Well, the answer was simple. The soul is devoured by the bag and begins to create a sentient being out of the bag. And they would stuff anything from paladins to big bosses into this bag. And I had to find a way to take away this godlike gift that I've given to them. And what better way than to create a sentient 
bag that refuses to devour living creatures. So I thought I had them. It's just a bag that was on their hip that talked and had this kind of attitude about it. Well, apparently they were able to pass their sleight of hand checks well enough and still jam things into this bag. So I said, enough is enough. And one morning, the party members woke up to see a cat standing in front of them wearing a pirate's costume. And they found out very quickly that it was Charlie Transmutation. And, and I guess there... actually... Say, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I guess the only thing I really needed to clear up as you were going through this quick... Is he orange? I feel like he's orange. <laughs> yeah, is he a tabby? Is he a calico? Is he like... a tabby? Um, actually, he's black and gray. Really? <laughs> yes. Um, at one point, he was orange, but that was only because of his color-changing shenanigans. Um, he wanted to try to mess with a party that was way back when, uh, and he wanted to. He was he changed his name to uh, Darwin Transmutation. It was the brother of Charlie Transmutation, and all he did was change his fur color to orange. So it's funny you should say that. He has done this before. This is oh, one of his antics. <laughs> Interesting. I have a mini cat that uh, is painted those colors, but he's not in a pirate setup. So I guess I'm going to have to find a different mini. <laughs> I actually have uh, a miniature of Charlie Transmutation on Hero Forge. Um, oh, I'd love to see that. <laughs> yeah, you, you need I'll, to share a link for sure. I'll, I'll share a link in uh, the Discord when we're all done. But yeah, um, for those of you who don't uh, for, know, we do have a Robots Radio Discord where uh, this show has a text channel as well as the Aaron show as well, which we will mm-hmm. get to. We'll definitely plug at the end. I was going to say this. <laughs> the, the end right, of the show... The end of the show uh, goes by much more quickly when we don't have all the amazing content that Aaron's producing. <laughs> so much he's faster. Um, but yeah, so he's he's uh, he was originally a transmutation bag. Uh, after being born, he went off in the world to make his own path. And his own path made it him... He ended up becoming the god of trickery and deceit. So he is a god. He is a ah. god. He is it's the god fucking of Loki. I knew it. You nailed god it. Damn it! I knew it. <laughs> you nailed his, it. His actual age, as of right now in the current campaign setting, is I want to say three thousand five hundred and sixty-two years old. That's, so that's he's an old, old cat. He's one old cat. cat. Um, he <laughs> is very cartoon-like. In fact, that is he is the easiest way to describe him is he is a cartoon character. Like I always pictured him as a sort of like Garfield Heathcliff sort of vibe. That is exactly what it's like. Almost like uh <laughs> like the Cheshire cat almost kind of like where it's mm-hmm. like uh like you know, like it's a cat, so like it's a thing that you know shouldn't be out of the ordinary, but there's something just strange about it. Almost kind of like um like if it was a like if the fumbling four were uh like an animated movie. Charlie would be animated in a different style than everything oh, yeah. else. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely agree with that. Uh the the powers that he has, he his natural power, if you took all his god status away and everything, his natural power is the transmutation ability. He can take any object and transmute it into anything he wants as long as it shares the same or similar properties. However, now that he is the god of trickery and deceit. He is discovering on a daily his new powers. 
which one of them he discovered was he can change his fur color. And this is just a minor ability versus the fact that he can he can create objects out of thin air, though they are lies, they're illusions, he can still create them. Uh, he can travel interdimensionally and through multi-plane space, which he does quite frequently now. And if you listen to some of the other TTRPGs we do, you'll find that he's actually visited a few of the other TTRPG worlds. Well. <laughs> and I... Don't worry, I'm just going to add a couple hours to my 24 hours I have a day, and I will just pop those other games right in there for me to listen to. Uh, and that's, that's something that I really love. Like when we were doing uh, our episodes on Tasha, doing the research into that, uh, there were hints and illusions that Tasha was known at, by different names in different settings, including the, our, our own world, including like, you know, the, the actual world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just like that sort of idea that this character can travel through different, you know, universes essentially dimensions whatever you want to call it planets and then uh but be known as something else like really like it's like the mythology of it all i love that so much oh yeah oh yeah so i think i answered all the questions that darkwing had well i think (laughs) hold on don't move from underneath that light i've got don't move (laughs) i think i've actually posted charlie transmutation stat blocks in the fumbling for when we first started the uh, podcast, so that was what forever level ago, would he though. be at now? Mm-hmm. Per se, I mean, he, is he legendary or is he still under level twenty? Oh, he's most definitely a legendary creature. Okay, just double because checking. You never the know. only way you can kill him is Ooh, if yes, you find on. if you find his uh, phylactery, which is in the arm of another god. Wait, wait. So not only was he just a bag, but he's also a lich on top of all of these other things. <laughs> yes. Oh, look at that. In his people stick with me. I'll get to out. the bottom of this. <laughs> yes, he has it. He has his phylactery is none other than the goddess of uh, justice. It's her right arm, which is a adamantine um, replacement arm. So oh. no one, no one in the world, or in history, knows except for him because he did it inadvertently when he created the arm for her. It seems like an easy afternoon of destruction. No problem. I got it. <laughs> Level one. Uh, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to find the stat block for you guys. Well, while Aaron does that, uh, Bjorn, how about we uh, move on to you? What, what are some of your favorite NPCs, either official or homebrew? Definitely on the homebrew side, there's a, a Tenku salesman that was just supposed to be a one-off character that my uh, DM brought up. And he's like, yeah, um, he's just you just have a, a bird-looking humanoid just standing there uh, saying whatever anyone's yelling at him. He's just saying it right back right away. We're like, all right, that's weird. Um, why isn't he talking? Blind? He's like, oh, uh, ask him what he is. So we try to figure out what he is about five minutes later of between failed checks and then one final check that passed. Oh, he's a Kenku. Okay, can only talk so much. Can't fly. Sweet. And uh, the town ended up getting attacked by like a group of bandits. And we're like, okay, protect him. But uh, the Kenku wouldn't leave. Mordecai wouldn't leave. And uh, here to find out, oh, he's a powerhouse that was 
wasn't supposed to exist. I don't remember if he just pulled out numbers at random or if he had him pre-set up, but he's casting ninth level spells, just completely nuking everything. <laughs> we're like, we're level seven. Mm. Like, where did that was, come from? <laughs> exactly. He was just completely obliterating like halves of the like combat field. So after that, he would, Mordecai would uh, kindly show up when we were about to probably get our asses to uh, handed to us in a, a combat. He'd be like, oh, there's a salesman coming through. And then every time I'd ask, is it Mordecai? There'd probably be a, a grin or two passed around. And then shockingly, it would be Mordecai just trotting around trying to sell stuff. But uh, that's definitely one that I've enjoyed just full out playing because even in the next campaign that we're currently doing, uh, we look around for Mordecai just in case he decides to transport him to another continent or some shenanigans happen. But uh, definitely uh, oh, a DM pulling shenanigans. That's unheard of. Right. Never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, DMs uh, are straightforward and never do anything underhand ever. <laughs> yeah, that's why they got that screen. And it's transparent. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have anything to hide, why are you behind a screen? Exactly. But that's definitely uh, my all-time favorite. Now, yeah, the 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 random supposed to be one-off NPC always and that ends up being like a major part of the campaign's plot is a favorite of mine. I remember I was running a campaign for my friends. And there was a halfling named Kefin who they were absolutely certain had more to do with the plot than I had written him in for. Like he was just someone to like practice checks on because this is relative. This is like pretty much at the very beginning of the campaign Uh, practice checks on for those that, you know, were playing D and D for the first time and also, and to give vital information. And then once that information was given, then he can go on his way. But like, no, he knows more. We're sure of it. I'm like, all right, roll a insight check. And whatever they roll, they could have rolled a one. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're, you're relatively sure that he doesn't know anything else. You're almost certain. He's like, he's, you feel like he, you're certain he is telling you everything he knows. I don't trust him. Let's tie him up. I'm like, okay, we'll roll a grapple. It's like, okay, you grapple him. And so... I end up writing his him and his evil twin, and like his name was Kevin Lightfoot, and but they kept calling him Kevin, and so I ended up writing him like I wrote him further into the story as well as his evil twin brother who was named Kevin, and uh, and by the end of the you know by the end of the campaign, you know we had uh, uh, a sacrifice, we had a, a portal to uh, the to the abyss that they had to like uh, go into. I was also playing a lot of uh, Oblivion at the time, Elder Scrolls for Oblivion. So that definitely uh, peppered. Yeah, that definitely peppered my, uh, my uh, ideas when it came to this campaign, but, but no, yeah, like I said, this, this just random halfling that was supposed to just be around for not even the entire session, like just a small, like little bit of the session at the beginning ended up being a crucial part to the entire campaign story. <laughs> Coffee, how about you? What are some of your favorite NPCs, homebrew, official, or or maybe a mix of the two? I think of like of past NPCs I've I've had. Cause we just today actually started a new campaign. So so I'm like I'm trying to think. I can't remember any. 
Well, I know that, you know, like Darkwing was talking about some of the like official uh, NPCs, like especially like guys like Dritz or um, or Caterbury, <laughs> uh, like, you know, the, the, the heavy hitters. And those are obviously popular for a reason. You know, those are uh, world renowned. In fact, like when I first started playing uh, D&D, I didn't realize that like I, I opened up the Forgotten Realms campaign setting and didn't realize that there was this entire mythology behind this Dritz character that I had a stat block for. I just thought that he was just like, oh, just a an example of someone that could be played, not realizing that, no, this character has been around for decades at this point and has had, you know, thousands, if not millions of words written about him. Yeah, but no, I can't really think of anything. Sorry, um, but in the, the campaigns I've been in, it's mostly been homebrew NPCs. So, so all the campaigns you're in are have been homebrew. So you haven't yeah. really dealt with the the official the official guns. So, what yeah. uh, what do you think makes a great NPC? Um, and this question is this question's for everyone. Like, what do you think? You know, when when creating an NPC or when uh, either when you're creating it or when you're playing with it, if the DM has created it, like what makes them mem- what makes one memorable? What makes them, uh, you know, unique? Uh, what makes them, you know, want to like makes you want to tell other people about them? Like I said, this is an open question to any, anyone who wants to jump in and answer. Uh, so- thank you. Oh, no. Bjorn, please enjoy better. <laughs> I think it would just be like they you could create like this gigantic NPC of like, oh, he he or she's got like millions of medals, they're war heroes. Like I would nine out of ten probably like forget about that and just stick on to like the weirdest little detail, like, oh, they got all these medals, all this thing, but they're missing their left pinky toe, like something completely random. And I don't know why my brain would stick to it, but I'd be like, Oh, yep. That's going to be a thing. I'm going to have to bring up every freaking time now. I mean, and and it's those little like quirks and like little um, idiosyncrasies that, that sort of make, you know, that's what entire adventures uh, or even campaigns can be built on. I mean, you say like, oh, like this like war hero who's missing his pinky toe, like, you know, well, why is he missing his pinky toe? And then you can create an adventure or you can create a story about that and either, you know, and you have an adventuring party has to go find the pinky toe to either, you know, save this hero's life because like he's been able to survive this long without it, but it's, um, it's, so it's connected to his life force. And so he needs it back. Otherwise he'll die. Or it's sort of like a hand and eye of Vecna type situation to where if he gets that damn pinky toe back, he could destroy the world. He has the power <laughs> to do that. Yeah, for like for me, it's always just been that little odd out detail, whether it was just made up on the spot or something that actually had deeper meaning. There's always just some weird little detail that my brain stuck to on NPCs. And it's always like, for me, it's always been 50-50. I'll try to like come up with like, this great NPC 
that I was like, oh, for sure, my players are going to latch onto this one. And then I'll kind of like, you know, just like throw something together. And that's the one that they're like, no, this is the guy. This is the guy that we love. <laughs> this is the one that we're going to talk about. Like, But I actually created like a whole like backstory and, and lore for this other one. It's like, nah, but we want the we want the pirate with the peg leg <laughs> who talks yeah, like he's yeah. from New York. Never, never underestimate the power of stupidity of parties. We will, we will latch on to the mouse that you had run across the floor. <laughs> That's my uh, mouse now. <laughs> this, yeah. Hey, uh, I just find, uh, honestly, my favorite with uh, NPCs is ones that they always seem to be able to travel faster than you. Somehow they were there. They have seen it. And there's no real reason for it. Back to that, my, my Deckard Kane cough. I have no idea how he managed to beat me to whatever I was trying to get to. But now he knows. And he was introduced earlier as not an enemy. So murder hobos don't just kill him. Uh, but that's where I find my NPCs really can take off. Is if I can get them to cartoonishly beat everyone to what we were trying to do. Uh, you know, the church is burning. Insert name here seems to be inside screaming for help. Well, didn't we just talk to him in town? You sure did. <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> What's well, kind of like the merchants from Resident Evil 4 and 8? They always like, <laughs> like you just left them and then somehow, and like, you know, you go from point A to point B and you know, they're already there, like already, like they've beaten you there and you didn't see them. It's not like they, they pat you saw them pass you. It's not like you're like, you know, traversing through the village or through the, through the town. And they're just sort of like walking a bit faster than you. You see them like walk past you. They just, they're already there. Like, yeah, they like they somehow move faster. Don't get uh, me started on that. I want an NPC Resident Evil game. I want a merchant game where you have to run around as the merchants to beat the player. But yeah, you have that, that. That's the gameplay. Is like you have to figure out how to get there faster. You find than, all the items you got to sell and all the merch you got to sell, and you have to get to the next point before Leon does. And I, I mean, think you covered. You just use Bastani from Ravenloft and make everyone play as those guys. Yeah, and then I mean, yeah, I, that and that's something that you that Capcom could throw together as a mobile game. Easy, uh, easy I feel. Easy. But uh, really quick, this kind of doesn't have anything to do with the subject, but. When Darkwing mentioned uh, never underestimate the stupidity of a party, uh, the D and D movie trailer dropped uh, last week, and uh, someone said like people are complaining that it doesn't make any sense for the party to jump inside of the gelatinous cube to avoid the displacer beast, and I was like, and they said that's exactly the kind of stupid thing a party would do, and I'm like, <laughs> yep. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. This is exactly a D and D movie. Like this, like this yeah. is more D and D than a lot of D and D campaigns. You assholes you would know, do that. <laughs> I, I haven't even, I haven't seen that clip, but it makes, uh, no, it makes absolute sense to me. I fought both. I'll jump into that cube. Um, <laughs> that noise. My so, other characters are quite dead. So uh, we we're, we're we're asking what makes an NPC great, right, and memorable, and I feel like all of these things can be summed up in one thing which is they have to have character. They have to have something that is going to set them apart from the normal Joe and Jane in the village. They have to have that quirky kind of disposition. They have to have, they have to be different. They have to be different. And that's to me, 
personality is what makes the NPCs memorable. Which is a lot of, you know, it's, that's on the, the onus is on the DM at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah, exactly. Because if the, if the DM, um, you know, plays a, a barkeep, a, a tavern owner, just relatively like, you know, like a normal run of the mill tavern owner, that's not, yeah, like I said, that's not memorable. That's not, you know, players aren't going to latch onto that. But if they play them as, you know, they've always got some like dad, like some bad dad joke or like some bad pun, some bad play on words, you know, that they're, like they're never, they're never going to remember the name. Like, let's just put that out there right now. Like mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, they will not remember their name or remember it incorrectly, but they'll at least remember like, oh, what, let's go ask the, 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 the tavern owner, the one with the bad jokes. Let's go ask him. Let's go ask him. Yeah. I, I, it's funny you should say that. Cause I actually had a barkeep that told bad dad jokes and was making his own what you own home never ever never me no his name was zaraj rajim (laughs) yeah i'm not saying that right (laughs) and so another question is is naming these npcs how do we come up with names random generators online I'm not. I'm not gonna oh, lie. I was gonna say that aloud. I was gonna make myself sound more impressive. Than <laughs> Let's go, random generator. I mean, that, well, now that now that now that the curtain has been pulled open, uh, like we uh, we can all admit that we've all jumped on like a, like a dwarvish random dwarvish name generator, random <laughs> you know orc name generator. Like we've all done it. Let's not try to pretend that we haven't. Uh, okay, I guess before those were readily available, as I'm. You know, I'm from the vintage of 1983. The before times. So I've uh, I've done that. You know, I've used the random generators when they came up. But uh, before that, I was really good at looking at the back of my soda cans or whatever I was taking the ingredients, grabbing (laughs) half of one word and half of another. And we'll just slam it together and see if that works. And Uh... (laughs) uh, I mean, like, honestly, just. Let's yeah. see. Uh, Calgars, thirty-six grams, right there. See, look at that. <laughs> that is, that's just Calgar. That's just calories and sugar. That's a, that sounds like a very prominent warrior. Shit, Calgar. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that's uh, either that but, or a cow farmer. Shit. I'm looking at the flavored water that I'm drinking. Uh, a character's name could be like Pota Solfame. <laughs> it's like the first Perfect. word, uh, first part of one word, and the second part of another. And that was actually my first DM trying to explain to me how to create names. He's like, just do this. Just do that. That's, a, that's not bad. I don't know. This sounds like the best warrior name ever. Carbonated. <laughs> <laughs> or I, was say, like, I, I love a good like pun like that. Like, you know, like carbonated. And out of well, all I'm three of aid. those, the only one you're going to remember is carbonated. Yeah, yeah that definitely got it. What about Lyman Aid? Lyman Aid. Oh, yes. (laughs) The Sprite bottle. Uh, Can't leave us in a room together at all. (laughs) No, I mean, I mean, and that's, I I, I was explaining to a coworker that, you know, this, you know, she's like, I just, you know, like, I kind of, I don't get D&D, you know, like, I'm sure it's great, but I, I I don't get it. And I was like, yeah, it's 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 silly and fun and dorky and like and I don't mind that it is, you know, like people 
who uh, in the community who you know try to say that it's not it's not dorky it's not it's not silly like it absolutely is and that's it can it can still be fun it can be all those things and you know there is a place for like the very like uh like serious like like sort of like high fantasy like game of thrones style you know play but for the most part you know the the people that i i play with they want to get together and make jokes and have fun with their friends and so like something like carbonated is like right you know right up their alley like they're gonna love that yeah carbonated absolutely agree oh my gosh i did you just remember an npc that uh over npc so this Let's was in the the the, the uh, like season one, I guess you could call it, of the uh, previous campaign I was in. It was we were at a town in the university called it was a uh, Cliffwater University of Magic. Uh, you kind of guess what the acronym says? What was it? Cliffwater University of Magic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it took a while. It took a while, but we're like, for those of us that are on camera, you can sort of like see like the dots connected. Oh, and we like had it, little, we had little Microsoft processing bars over each one, right? Like the little turn. Much, yeah. But but yeah, it's one of those things that, I mean, if if you had just mentioned it, they wouldn't have gotten it until. You know, maybe they wrote it down and they're like, oh, my God, like, did you mean to do this? And the demon's like, I'll never tell. <laughs> right, yeah, but go, I, was thinking, I was like, man, I wouldn't have caught that unless I was writing it in my notes during the game. And then I just been like, wait a goddamn minute. <laughs> <laughs> go on, continue. Yeah, so we were there was this little I used to call it side quest that there was where um, there was like a I'm not kidding, there was like a, a shrill noise. Then uh, body parts would disappear. So we were, we were, me and the party were looking around. We eventually found the person who was doing it. It was this just really annoying, annoying, edgy ass kid. Just it was he, he was he was annoying. But yeah, we managed to defeat him and all that. But yeah, that was that's kind of like a, a, mem- mem- a memorable uh, NPC. I just thought of mem- remembered. So when you say he was like this annoying kid, do you mean like he was like like a troll, like an internet troll? Uh, <laughs> he was stealing body parts to, quote unquote, create the perfect woman. Oh, like some like weird science sort of like yeah. weird, but even like uh, worse because like you know like they they made the perfect woman with a computer. This kid is like using <laughs> necromancy and and grave robbing. Young uh, it wasn't grave robbing. It was yeah, body parts off of. Five people. Oh, Just even like even worse. Like, like yeah. <laughs> so like, let, let me cut off this guy's pinky toe, this great warrior's pinky toe, so I can create the perfect woman. It all comes together. It all links together. These characters it's are Doctor all... Frankenstein. 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 I uh, I once knew a guy who had um, it was Frankenstein tattooed on him. Oh God. And I was like, he, I was like, say, homeboy, like, why do you, why do you have that? And he, uh, he was Mexican. And he tried to tell me that that's how you spell it in Spanish. And I'm like, uh, I'm Mexican. And that's not how you spell it in Spanish. <laughs> you have Frankenstein tattooed on you. Frankenstein. Is like, like a Berenstein Bears Frankenstein, man? Or 
Oh, don't even get me started on that. It, is, it was very <laughs> We are in a separate whole parallel universe. They changed it on no. All right, that's yeah. a whole that's a whole different podcast. Yeah, we're uh, yeah, we're yeah. The the Hedron Collider Parallel Universe podcast. <laughs> but yeah, before before we wrap up, um I want to talk about like characters like like I said like Dritz, like uh like Strahd, you know, like those big like those you know big bads as well. Um we didn't really talk about like well let's let's talk about villains cuz we didn't really talk about villains of like as NPCs like you know, what are some of uh, your favorite uh, villainous NPCs? Obviously, like I mentioned, Strahd. You know, there's Vecna, who's sort of having a, a Lizzo moment right now, thanks to Stranger Things. Um, which, I mean, like never in, you know, you know, when Twitter started, I never would have thought I would see like Vecna trending, like ever. Like there's no way like that many people would be talking about Vecna, but yeah, so what are, what are some of your favorite big bads, or and even not even big bads? They might just be like little bads in in D and D history as NPCs. Okay, so uh, the the entire housing system of Menzo Baranzong would be my big bads. That if I need to go somewhere, because uh, I like to run mostly in Forgotten Realms. Uh, uh, Menzo Baranzon's ruling houses are my favorite and probably easiest bad guys to run just because, honestly, if you just run them like they're the government, they are just bad guys. And it's just easy to do, and, and it's, it's just so easy to just, you know, forget any moral compass, just be a bad person. Uh, and you can be a ruling matriarch of Menzo Baranzon. That would be that would be my big bad that I can just jump to, and they're my favorite. So, uh, anybody else, please jump in. Stop me talking. Anybody. I was gonna say that's a that's a very good point. Is you know when it comes to uh, like the traditional drow character. Like yeah, there's there are no like sorts of sorts of shades of gray. There's no sort of like nuance. There's no like it's like oh they're like they're a bad guy, but you know what they believe is it makes a lot of sense. It's just like the way they're going about it is is wrong. Like think like Magneto from the X Men, uh, but no with the with like like I said traditional drow like it's just you can just run them as just you know just downright scoundrels and like no no amount of good in them, and uh, and that makes that makes it that much more fun for the dm because they can just just be dastardly and do whatever they want to to try to like screw over the party so yeah i, wish I, I my totally video could that. work right now so you could see me nodding my head <laughs> with everything you're saying <sighs> yeah, yeah just like that you did, look at that all i needed was Aaron to be here no problem <laughs> yeah menzo baronzon is you know in the drow in particular like reading the um the first three drit uh, you know legacy of uh dritz books uh, like got a really good feel for you know what that city and what that society is really like and i'm really excited to um, read the the uh, spider queen series as well to get even more insight into that oh yes absolutely it get that's a great series to learn about menzo barons on as well as some of the sister cities actually so uh, I'm I'm gonna jump in here with my favorite villains. 
Let's hear it. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm not going to go too in depth, but uh, Strahd. Which I, I, I don't have say, to go. Yeah, I don't I'll... have to go too much further than that. I mean, it's just Strahd, okay? <laughs> There's no need for explanation there. Strahd is just a bad dude. Uh, I feel like he's misunderstood, but please come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my personal favorite from Homebrew Campaign is uh, from season one of Fumbling Four, Destiny. That was one of my personal favorite enemies from a homebrew campaign not only to see evolve through the course of the campaign but to actually play as because he's this cocky arrogant just i'm better than everyone else kind of villain but deep down he knows he's not and he's he has to try hard essentially it was great to have to play that balance and it was great to even see that balance be brought out i liked that yeah, the the entire storyline um, for Fumbling Four in the Almighty Crit season one, like I didn't, like I definitely went in a direction I was not expecting, especially with Destiny. I thought that you know it was going to be like okay, like obviously like they have to you know defeat Destiny and 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 make sure that you know their plans, their machinations don't come to fruition. But at the same time, like, yeah, like that sort of like balance that you're talking about mm-hmm. is something that is you don't always see in a big bad. Usually it's oh, just yeah. like, okay, they're just they're big and they're bad. Like, you know, like and you have to have <laughs> enough like firepower to defeat them. So it was it's it, it's more interesting to me when the players have to like not only like obviously they're they're leveled up and so they're comparable in power, but it's just not, you know, like shot for shot. There's like got to be it's like some it. strategy and thinking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's what I enjoyed mostly out of that enemy was that it was a you could go head to head with him and your party would probably win. But are you going to be afforded that opportunity? Because it's brain versus brawn at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, that's why I like Strahd too, because Strahd is honestly a lot more brain versus brawn. Yeah, Strahd's oh man, yeah, I, yeah. I love it's... running him. I hate I hate fighting him. He's a nightmare. Ditto. Absolute Ditto. nightmare. Again, uh, brain versus brawn. <laughs> Bjorn Coffee, how about y'all? Do you have any any favorite villains that you can think of? Any villainous I'm, NPCs? I mean, lore wise, there's always uh my favorite's Cronus. Yep, of course so powerful that he has to get freaking trapped by every other god as he just plummets through all the illusions and be like, hey, you could get out eventually, you know, just murk the entire universe. But for <laughs> now, he's just doing it in his brain. We should be okay. Like, that to me is just insane. I always have that, like, in my back pocket, like, what if he got out one day? This could be a whole, like, complete game changer. But, like, have fun. Have fun with that over there. So... That's my all-time favorite. I don't know if that qualifies for your answer, but. Well, I mean, like that sort of, I mean, D&D historically has pulled from like actual, actually actual mythology, like mythology from the real world. And so like, it wouldn't be anything to take a Kronos-like figure and, you know, center a campaign around that either they have escaped they have you know escaped their their shackles or they're very close to doing so you know well, i mean i think it was oh that's really hardcore thunder i mean he definitely 
I don't remember if it was three and a half, 3.5 that they actually had. He is a stat block. He's CR 56 and everything. Like he's definitely not relatively in 5e at all, but I know there was a stat block for him at one point. But I think that would be sweet to maybe have it where his prison's breaking. Yeah, and they either um, have to, you know, prevent that from happening. And, you know, it'd be great if, like, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of um, changing campaigns in the middle of them. Like, doing, like, the first part of a campaign and having it be your basic, like, you know, like, uh, go on an adventure, like, save somebody, save something and then have something happen. And then all of a sudden it changes to more of a um, like warfare type campaign. And it's like more like military battles. And then that changes into more of a like political campaign. And just so like, so it keeps it fresh. It keeps the characters able to, you know, the players able to do something different. And so, yeah, something like that, you know, they could the entire time they could be working toward preventing Kronos or a Kronos like figure from escaping their their shackles um you know in fact i keep using shackle because it reminds me a lot of the shackled city adventure path from Mm. 3.5 uh and but then at you know they fail and then the campaign shifts from trying to prevent that from happening to all of a sudden trying to you know get him back or defeat him or defeat his, his legions his hordes and so like yeah something like that I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able. I mean, if if D and D can do it officially, you shouldn't <laughs> you shouldn't be able to do it. You know why you shouldn't be able to do it homebrew, right? Well, is uh, anyone else I immediately thought of a campaign for that? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, and that's and that's the thing. Like, it, whenever you get into a room with other D and D nerds, if you don't walk out with at least one or two ideas for an adventure campaign. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's like, yeah, like my brain's always working like that. I'm like, that'd be cool. That'd be, that'd be a lot of fun. In fact, like I posted um, an image from the journeys beyond the radiant Citadel companion piece from the DMs guild and uh, about the, the luchadores that are, that have been tr- introduced. And immediately I'm like, I've, I've got a, I've got an adventure in in place. Like I got an idea, like inspired by the old, like luchador, films like uh, starring like el santo uh like i've got i mean mascaras i've got an idea for like a one shot i need to write this up immediately but you do <laughs> you do but uh yeah uh does anyone else have anything to to add in before we wrap up any final npcs to talk about of course you know like we said we we mentioned dritz we mentioned uh uh strad we mentioned uh any you know uh who else did we mention in the show like official officially official npc wise i mean there, uh, there's there's there's, El- there's, Elmin- there's elminster there's, they're official yeah there's there's elminster there's you know um usually oh, you know, man. uh minsk and boo of course they'll 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 gotcha. get their time uh to shine once a uh, spell jammer comes out next month you know what's uh you know what's better than a space hamster you know <laughs> No idea. I didn't even know that Spelljammer was a thing until it was mentioned. And I had to go back. I have an older buddy of mine who's been playing since first edition. I had to call him. I'm like, hey, you ever heard of this? He's like, 
Oh yeah, and he's a cranky old man. I mean, like uh oh like uh brain farting. And damn it. Had it character. But uh he's like spelljammer. I hated that. I hated it. Yeah, it existed. Let me tell you about it. And then he went on <laughs> for about an hour about all about spelljammer for me and then ended with just yeah, I don't like playing that campaign. I was like, Jesus, all right, Frazier, I'm sorry. Damn. <laughs> knows about it. Doesn't like it, but he knows about it. Oh, absolutely knew about it. As soon as I said, I, I didn't get through the word spell jammer before he was trying to tell me how it was flawed. I was like, all right, dude, I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to play it, but just, you know, good luck. <laughs> well, before we sign off, of course, uh, we want to thank uh, the patrons for joining us, uh, Coffee, Darkwing, and Bjorn, and of course our special guest, Aaron. Coffee is having some sort of conniption fit over there. I think it's because of what I sent him just now. <laughs> uh, Aaron, what? Uh, let, let's go ahead. Let's go in here. What? What have you got planned for us? So, uh, as everyone knows, I am the man of many podcasts. Uh, so I'm going to focus on just three today. Uh, the Resident Evil lore cast still going strong, still going great. Uh, if you like all things RE lore, you know, you want a deep dive, definitely the show for you. I've got the Legend of Zelda lore cast again, deep dive for everything Legend of Zelda, great. And of course, we've talked about it and several times during this episode, we've got the Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit DD live play. It is I will say I've been told it is an experience. <laughs> it is. It's a vibe for sure. It's a whole vibe. Well, if you I... want to laugh, if you want to enjoy, it's definitely a show for you. I don't want to shortchange you, but I, I did want to mention uh, Cyberpunked, your ah, Cyberpunk yes. Red <laughs> podcast, which just released the first episode of its second season. And this is something that I've been waiting. It feels like months. It might be it just has a... been. It has been months. It's been, I mean, it feels so much longer because, uh, I mean, if I, I, I'm so used to hearing these characters like in a week, week, you know, weekly basis. And so when season one ended, you know, I was just like chomping, like chomping at the bit, like what, come on, like, I need, I need, I need more, I need more, I need more. <laughs> and so it's um, not to spoil too much, but um you know, they, the two story, the two seasons are connected. They're not saying they're not playing same characters. The mm -hmm. the players are, are, uh, are at least, but uh, they are connected. And, and some of your old favorites uh, have shown up. So it's fun. Yep. It's fun. It's fun to know. I will say that this season is high octane. Ah, see what I did there? I did. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, it is uh, going to be amped up uh, by 20, lots more action, lots more, uh, life-threatening events and uh it's gonna be a good time because so far we've recorded i think we've recorded a third of the second season already nice. so um yeah i it's gonna be so far where we're at in the storyline it's high energy we'll just say that <laughs> well thank you so much for listening to the dungeons and dragons lorecast We'll be back next week with some more lore and then join us again next month where we'll be talking with our patrons. We're going to be fantasy drafting your perfect D and D party. We're oh, going to be, mm. be taking uh, characters from all over, not just D and D, but 
any sort of IP you want. It can be from Master uh, Chief. It can be from <laughs> Halo. It can be from video games. It can be from cartoons. It can be from books. Uh, but we'll set up the parameters and we'll be building our perfect D and D party. We'll be fantasy drafting because uh, I, I believe it was Darkwing who brought up if uh, if fantasy draft if fantasy football was dorkier than D and D, or it might have been our other patron Tex Ten Star who was unable to join us this week. Uh, and he, they asked, is, is, fan, is, is fantasy football dorkier than D and D? And I'm like. Well, they're both dorky for sure. Like, don't like, don't like make any bones about it. But which, and they're both like aspects of each that are dorkier than the other. But that got that got the the old brain squirrel uh, turning, and I was like, let's fantasy draft a perfect party. Let's do that. So, like I said, we'll be back next week with some lore. In fact, we'll be talking Spelljammer. We'll we'll be talking about um, Darkwing's friend's favorite campaign setting, Spelljammer. <laughs> favorite in, in preparation for the fifth edition release next month and then uh, like i said next month uh patron roundtable will be final uh will be fi- not final fantasy but a fi- uh, fantasy draft of the perfect D campaign and so until so, go ahead oh no i'm just uh if we're doing fantasy draft is it by rounds like are you running with nhl nfl NBA, what are our draft options here like well we'll, we'll talk about that we'll figure right. we'll, yeah we'll figure that out and we'll we'll set we'll I'll also post it on the uh, the D and D Lorecast Twitter at D and D Lorecast so that anyone who's listening can also draft their own and uh, send those in as well. Thank you so much for listening, dear listener, and until we meet again, fare thee well, and may all your twenties be natural. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.